good morning, afternoon, evening or whatever time it is wherever you are. You're back with Storytime with Eleanetta. Today we have episode one of Chrysanthemum. I woke up to the sound of my phone's ringtone. This was surprising enough since my phone was almost always on silent, especially at night. I must have forgotten to turn the sound off when I was in the bath. I moaned sleepily and apologised to my poor cat who jumped off the bed next to me in fright caused by the noise and my sudden movement. I groped around on my bedside table for my phone, either ready to tear the call or a new one for ringing at, what, 4am? God, I was not going to be getting back to sleep now and there wasn't any point. My alarm was going to go off in about an hour and a half anyway. I noticed it was my old uni mate, Corey Ann. She wouldn't be calling at this time of the night, uh, morning, without a pretty good reason. I rubbed at my face to brush off the last remnants of sleep and hit the answer button. Oh, hi, oh, Natalie, she called out in a sing-song voice that would have made Sailor Moon's Usagi proud. Nandayo, I reverted instantly to Japanese in response. What do you want? Corey, you do realise it's 4am here, right? Ah, go men there. Sorry, she immediately apologised. I keep getting that mixed up. I thought you were behind us here. Here? I asked, confused. Where are you? You'll never guess. Okay, I'm in Japan. We found something and you have to come and see it for yourself. She sounded breathless. I blinked a few times and rubbed at my face. What are you talking about? I demanded, all thoughts of sleep now gone. Check your email. Jane, bye, she sang and then the call dropped out. I groaned again and tapped on the mail app on my phone. Sure enough, along with 15 new spam messages was four emails. One from Corianne, one from Qantas with flight details, one from a hotel in Osaka and one from... One Corianne had cc'd to my boss explaining that I was going to be on leave from work for a month for an emergency. Well, it looked like she hadn't given me any choice. I guess I was going to Japan. A moan from the bed told me that I'd disturbed my girlfriend, Jem. Sorry, honey. Corey called. I... She needs me in Japan. Jem raised herself up. Onto her elbow, her short dark hair messed and sticking up in a wild manner. And she couldn't have waited until daylight to say this, she croaked, her voice thick with sleep. Apparently not. Apparently I have a flight that leaves in two and a half hours, I said, shaking my head as I checked the itinerary now displayed on the screen. What? Jem asked, suddenly as awake as I now was. She says I found something at the site she's on and she needs me to see it for myself, I shrugged. Jem shook her head, rolled her eyes and threw her head back down on her pillow, pulling her blanket up tight around her shoulders. Don't take my favourite skirt, the maroon bra's in the dryer, call me when you land. She turned her head towards me, I leaned over and kissed her quickly and started throwing clothes in my suitcase. God, I was lucky to have her. If only I could find my passport. I decided it might be an idea to have a quick shower if I was going to be sitting on a plane all day. While the flight to Japan from Brisbane isn't too far compared to, say, Europe, it was still a good eight to nine hours. It was going to be a long day. 
and I think Corianne knew exactly what time it was. I was definitely going to have to have words with her when I landed. I grabbed my phone and tapped the Uber icon. Corey had paid for my flights and accommodation, so I guess I could afford to get my own way to the airport. I looked at the number of available drivers and I groaned. I suppose I shouldn't have been surprised. Even after the shower, it was still only 4.45. Sane, rational people were still in bed. I rolled my bag out into the hallway and, with one last check that I hadn't forgotten anything, I quickly slipped back into the bedroom to say a final goodbye to Jam. I gave her a quick kiss on the forehead, being careful not to wake her. She stirred slightly and rolled over. Be safe and tell Corey that I will personally punch her in the arm for taking my lady away from me with no notice next time I see her. She said groggily by way of goodbye. Love you, I said. Love you most, she replied. As the Uber driver pulled up, I grabbed my suitcase, document wallet and my handbag and jumped into the car. He was driving a fairly modern Suzuki Swift, but my bag fit into its deceptively large boot without too much trouble. He turned on to the M1 and despite it being barely 5am, the traffic was already starting to build with early morning commuters heading into the city for work. I had to admit, I was starting to burn with curiosity over exactly what Corianne wanted me to see. After half an hour, Josh, according to Uber, was helping me unload my suitcase at the set-down area at the airport, and I joined the throngs preparing to do battle with the bedlam that was customs and border control. Hey, I realised I could use the excuse to hit the Mac store and buy some more Fix Plus. The flight itself was pretty uneventful. I had some sandwiches, some soba noodles and a coffee and chatted to the elderly New Zealand couple who'd taken the seats next to me. I found out it was their first time to Japan and other than their flight over to Australia, their first time in a plane in the last 15 years. They asked me about my trip. Was I going alone? Did I have a boyfriend or husband? I delicately, delicately said that my partner is staying home. I'm heading over to meet an old school friend. It seemed easier than getting into that particular discussion. Eventually, the plan landed in Tokyo. We had a short wait for the connecting local flight to Osaka. I would have preferred to catch the Nozomi bullet train, but hey, Corianne seemed to want me in Osaka as quickly as possible. Besides, she was paying, so who was I to complain? I finally staggered off the plane and into Kansai Airport. If you've never been there before, let me quickly explain. It's huge. Bigger than huge. It has its own train that takes you from the terminal to baggage claim. Anyway, I grabbed another coffee at Starbucks and was surprised to see a sign saying Natalie Hammington. Corianne must really either be wanting to impress me or to get me to where she was as quickly as possible. I jumped into the waiting car, wondering exactly what was waiting for me and, well, where I was going. It turned out that Corianne's site wasn't too far of a drive from the airport, only 30 minutes or so. And if I'd had hopes that Corianne was going to let me have a sleep in the hotel before taking me to where she wanted me, I was very quickly mistaken. As the car pulled up to a large temple, lit up by lights, 
Corianne came bustling out and rushed up to me. I reached out to give her a hug, then, remembering that I was in Japan now, quickly dropped my arms and gave her a slight bow. She bowed in return and flashed me a huge grin. She grabbed me by the hand and pulled me quickly into the temple, barely giving me time to kick my shoes off. Mitte, mitte, she said excitedly. Look, look at this. She dragged me over to a small statue. It was small, made of jade, and the most exquisite Edo period samurai warrior I had ever seen. I brushed it lightly with my fingertip and noticed a string of kanji in the design on the katana's blade. I read it closely. Every memory saved. And as I spoke these words, a warm feeling coursed through me and the temple seemed to fill with a mist, blurring my vision. When I was able to see clearly again, something seemed wrong. Kiku-sama, daijoubu? Are you okay, Mistress Kiku? Who? Me? Yes, I'm fine, I say in English without thinking. What did you say? The soft voice asked in Japanese. Ah, I am sorry, I switch quickly back to Japanese. Then I realise something is really not right. I turn my head and a long, glossy, jet black and very straight hair tumbles over my shoulder. I also appeared to be wearing a formal kimono and obi. And how, when... I looked around the temple again, looking desperately for Corianne, or at least some kind of explanation.